Like when he was like, tap or no tap, I immediately knew what they were talking about. And I was like, yeah. When she was like, no tap, I was like, yes. And they so anyways, should get tap. There's nothing wrong with tap water. Just making that clear. Fluoridation water is healthy and good for your teeth. But continue. It, it, makes, you, it makes you docile because that's what the Nazis did. And we just all As I'm this. drinking my water. The station with the best, me, best, me, best, me, best music. Best music. I love the I music. Love the mu- best music. Yeah. You're listening to Real Talk with the boys. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24 7, 24 7. This is Tebow, the real bad wolf of Northern Nevada. Joining me from the Shag Pad in Reno, Nevada. See, but we also know him as Zaddy. From south of the border, he's one mean bean. We got Gordo. Classes in session. Open your books to page 68. We have Professor K. And for the next hour, we want to make you laugh, learn something new, and say, what if this is Real Talk with the Boys? Mm, this song is mean. I love it. It's awesome. Very hype off that movie. I don't want to talk about it now, but I'm so ready to talk about it. <laughs> That movie just is, I feel like. So many feelings. So many. So I watched it twice, if we're being honest. (laughs) In the matter of a week. I think it's interesting, like, when something is bad, you know, it's usually referred to as also being good. In this case, you said the the song is mean, but I'm assuming that also means that it is enjoyable (laughs) and nice. So it's like almost we we take, like, words, definitions that are opposite of what they actually are. I'm not sure if it's for it to emphasize like why it's so drastically different, but it's interesting. It's called double speak, I think, right? Double speak. Isn't that what that is? The whole 1984. No <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. Hold on, I got a thing for this. Or like code switching. The more you know with the boys. <laughs> All right, hit me with it. Break down double speak for us. Let's see. Double speak. We'll use Merriam-Webster for this one. Um, language used to deceive usually through concealment or misrepresentation of truth. Ah, okay. I just think it's interesting. So, I mean... Like freedom could, is slavery. Ignorance is strength. So could you strength. just establish your own, like, doublespeak, your, your own opposite phrase, like, oh, like, the movie was so good, but then actually you mean it's pretty bad. Oh, no, yep. it's, uh, I guess good is pretty literal definition, so... What is something that's not as literal? Uh, I'll think of something. I'll get back to you on this one. Let us ponder. <laughs> like freedom is slavery. That's one from. Well, that's one of them from 1984, where that kind of whole idea came up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I. I. I but I'm a true believer that slavery is slavery. I don't know. Well, yeah. It's a hot take, but no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys, I mean, we've all read 1984, right? I mean, like in high school, I'm assuming, but, right? Did you guys do that in high school? We did. We went to the same We read The Hunger Games. Well, I know, yeah, I know we did. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what was that, Zaddy? 
you know, back at, you know, five years ago when I was a senior in high school, we were at uh, the Hunger Games. <laughs> it's a classic that. now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I wonder if that is what they're reading now, though. And they're not like, oh, we did. like the old school books. I definitely was not in high school five years ago. It was more recent. But when we did, <laughs> instead of reading 1984, we did do Hunger Games. Really? Our oh, class really? wasn't Our teacher was open. She was like, yeah, let's do it. We made a whole game of it. We got to we got to compete. It was fun. I, 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 I freaked out because my team lost. My teacher at the time was pregnant and literally hid. <laughs> what the f- so wait, hold on. You guys, so you've never like gone through 1984? I haven't gone through the book. Like I've seen the movie and I understand the general premise of it. Uh, okay so you're aware of it then yeah like you know the like um, total terror tower good government's good uh <laughs> government regulating us in every facet's good telling us what to think feel and believe is good <laughs> yeah ah, double speak <laughs> yeah there we go see perfect there you go perfect example see you guys are already getting it i love it i get that reference now nah, see now you get it <laughs> And that's what I felt like that whole movie was for me. Well, not really double speak, but more so just throwing it in your face. And then like, like you even said, you know, people really believing it or their conspiracy theories behind it. Mm-hmm. But we'll save the Kong review breakdown, Godzilla vs. Kong review breakdown for later. You guys ready to get into some hot topics? I feel like I kind of got you guys all jazz and jonesed up for this week. So whether or not I wasn't sure if you guys were going to listen to the, some of the clips I sent you. So I decided to Wait, go separate before you begin. I uh-huh. did try to listen to it, but it was taken down. Yeah. So I did not listen to it. I so, wonder but I did who took it down. Was it the Ministry of Truth? It was mm. the one where I said I would watch it in the morning. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was whatever that was. Yeah, I know. I found it for you. Don't worry. T-Bone's <laughs> gotcha. And like, what I'm curious about is like, I mean, it was CNN. So I'm just kind of very curious or surprised what the Ministry of Truth fact checkers from Facebook and Instagram, you know, were so opposed to it. But you guys ready to get in? Dive into it. Let's do it. My main concern is that we're not going to reach herd immunity because of vaccine hesitancy. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe who desperately want the vaccine right now. And they're thinking, oh, well, it's just a small percentage of people who are actually anti-vaxxers. And that's true. There is the anti-science, anti-vaxxer contingent. But I think that there are many more people, millions of people who, for whatever reason, have concerns about the vaccine, who just don't know what's in it for them. And we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back to pre-pandemic life. And the window to do that is really narrowing. I mean, you were mentioning, Chris, about how all these states are reopening. They're reopening at 100%. And we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status. Because otherwise, if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway and i fear a situation of coming into the fall where we never reach herd immunity and then we get hit by the next surge of 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 covid19 in the fall something that we could have prevented if we just got people vaccinated now I have another follow-up, more so kind of digging into like the vaccine passports, which I think kind of is tied in with this vaccine policy. I don't know if you guys want to listen to that or if you want to break down what she was saying there first. 
let's say maybe give us a synopsis of kind of what like because you have the website open right there yeah what, what would you say is the main premise that they're they're trying to get at um i guess like the the main point that they're talking about for the vaccine passport is the idea that the that your choice is taken away from you that you have to buy into this program in order to travel, in order to do these kind of things. And then once that happens, then they have access. Again, we've kind of discussed it, but access to your information, access to all this other like data. And it's like, it's more so that it like opens the door to then also them tying it in with like money paying systems. Like in the clip, the, the, um, her name is Dr. Naomi Wolf. Um, Z, you love her, her, uh, I looked her up just cause I, I, you guys, I'm curious if you guys would ask me who she was or not, but just to be prepared, I found out she's an American liberal feminist author. So I was very surprised Ooh. by that. Yeah. And her last very, name's Wolf, all yeah. sexy. All yeah. Sexy. I was very surprised by that. Um, but anyways, uh, she just talks about how, like when they tie in, you know, first will be the vaccine passport, but then from there with the vaccine passport, if they get that going, then they can tie in like money and all this other stuff, which basically the fear is that it leads down to like kind of like the social capital system, kind of like with China, where again, you have to buy into play into this system in order to kind of do anything. So just to start at a lower level, like from my understanding, there is no plan to do any kind of vaccine passport at the federal level, correct? This is private businesses and states that are implementing these strategies. Is that correct? Yeah. So as of right now, yes. But the clip that I previously just played, the doctor, Leanna Wen, is saying that that's what the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out and push these policies to then enforce vaccinations. At least that's what I'm getting from this. So that like people, if they are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms, as she's calling it, with or without the vaccine that we need to do this before so that the incentive is to get the vaccine so you can enjoy the freedoms. Kind of like how the CDC just released over the weekend that fully vaccinated people can travel and enjoy all these freedoms or whatever, but they can't still can't take off their masks, which is a whole other debate. But So I, I there's definitely a lot to unpack there. And just a yeah, few quick no, thoughts. I, <laughs> I, I do feel like some of the terminology that she used in the clip may not have been the breast, because the breast the best, just because I feel like it can easily trigger what you got on the mind no, i'm just kidding sorry i feel like it easily triggers someone to think like oh their freedom is being taken away because mm-hmm. they, they're not they don't have the vaccine which i don't think is necessarily what she's really trying to get at or even um, the imagery of the carrot and the stick kind of a thing is it's just like because when you say the carrot the other thing you're i guess on the other side would be the stick right sure at least that's what i get from her again saying that i don't know if that's kind of what you were alluding to as far as like the way she was phrasing all that I just think it was just very poorly worded. I think there's just so many phrases in her dialogue that just like just catches everyone's minds. Like, oh gosh, like this is happening. Like, my guns are being taken away. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she didn't say that, but I'm sure someone thought that. That's a joke. But um, I was going to say, I, I think in addition to that, from what I've seen so far, private businesses are implementing these in terms of like what you can do and what you can't do. So if Disneyland, for example, says like you can't come to Disneyland if you don't have the vaccine and proof that you have a vaccine or a recent negative test. That's their right to do that. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessary. Our, you know, they're a private business. It's not a public organization. So it's yep. not like you can't physically go grocery shopping like a, a need that people have to do it. This is just those additional things. But Z, I, I would love your, your thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I for me, at least how I understood what she was saying is that 
the whole premise of the discussion around the vac- the uh, pandemic and really getting back to normal was that we were going to be on a, a dial, right? It was never going to be a light switch. And that's how they always sort of described it throughout the last year. Like this whole process is a dial, right? Like as things get better, we're going to be able to open more things up. As things get worse, we might have to turn it back down and, and, and impose more restrictions. What she was saying here is that we're instead going from zero to a hundred and people are going to say, well, everything's open. So it must be over. I don't need a vaccine because it's all good. Like, I think she, just like Prof K said, it was poorly phrased because what she was saying is people will not feel a need to get vaccinated because they're seeing everything as open and everything is back to normal. And I think that is similar to what we've all talked about, like in our own experiences that excuse me, depending on where we're at or where we are, some things seem seem normal. Like it seems everything is back to normal, whereas it's not. So I really just thought it was more of poor poor phrasing on her part. As it relates to the vaccine passport, I 100% agree with you, T-Bone, like we talked about, like we need to be mindful of what sort of additional information that the government can pull from us. But I don't necessarily think we need to get to a point where it's like, oh my God, they're going to create this social capital program that we're basically China. Like this is purely a safe safety guard um, for us as individuals. Like in all, in all honesty, I, I as an individual would like that idea of a uh, vaccine passport because it gives me some reassurance. Like, okay, I'm a little bit more comfortable knowing that everyone in this space is in fact vaccinated. So I certainly see the concern and frustration about it, but I think we need to dial back the, the, the fear in a social capital campaign coming out. Like people like us need to dial back the fear of that or like the news or who, I guess. As it relates to the vaccine passport. Yeah. I would say anyone that thinks it's going to become a structure to impose social capital and, and set a, a caste system because Quite frankly, we do already have a caste system that we need to dismantle, but I don't think that is something that we're, they're currently imposing. And if they do, uh, T-Bone, I'll be right there with you um, protesting. Duh. With you, me, and Prof K. I mean, and I think if with, you with take your vacation about, days, let's do it. <laughs> I, I think the point about people who've gotten the vaccine um, and having to still continue to wear their mask... And once again, I haven't like thoroughly looked into this, but I think from a purely kind of human perspective, if I were to go out, not wear a mask, and someone asks like, why don't you wear a mask? And if I were to just say, I'm vaccinated, I feel like that is a really easy scapegoat that anyone could say that. So if you didn't want to get the vaccine, you could just potentially lie and say you you got the vaccine so you don't have to wear a mask. So I think this is, in my opinion, a, a way to, to safeguard that to kind of ensure that more people actually continue to wear their mask, including people who may potentially spread the disease still. That's just my perspective without researching this at all. This is kind of my my thoughts as I'm going to sleep. No, I appreciate it. I mean, that's why I bring it to you guys because I just wanted to, one, 
bring this stuff to you if you don't normally hear this kind of stuff so you can mull it over and you know mind crunch it but the other thing that i've been looking at and i was trying to get some decent clips because i'd heard them during the week but i wasn't able to grab any was just them talking about miami or not miami mississippi and texas for example and their covid numbers about how they've been going down since they fully opened up and lifted all their restrictions and everything and just kind of left it up to businesses and people to decide what to do and i just thought that that was interesting with again it kind of seems like i mean she might have gone a little extreme in this clip but i feel like it's because they have that fear that like and i see this from a totally you know public policy perspective is like their policy windows closing like with more states that just go along with this route they're not going to be able to push forward these kind of programs or it might happen here or there but it won't become like a a widespread thing like they're kind of like i guess more so hoping for but i personally just think we've missed the window and i think I don't. I just don't think that this will be fully. I mean, I think it'll be more of an option to opt in and not a regulated like federal, like for air travel, possibly. I, I, think I mean, that's this, where I think it'd be curious because then it's like starts infringing on rights of whether or not you're enforced to be in the system or not. That's kind of where my main concern comes into. I, I think one of my fears is still like it, just not what happened last year ha- will happen again. I feel like this past year we we didn't really have an like a top-down approach to handling COVID. It was just more like states did their own thing and in some states, counties did their own thing. Um, I, I think we need more good federal guidance and states to kind of follow suit with that. Um, so that, I think that's what I'm most fearful of. Um, and kind of what you're saying, I, I think we are kind of running out of time, especially with states kind of drastically opening and think going completely back to normal. I think, I, I still think that's kind of insane. Um, like, but the neighbor, or that, excuse me, the numbers seem to show that it's not negatively impacting their case numbers or deaths or anything like that. If anything, they're going down. I have, I think I read some news headlines about that. I did not look at the data whatsoever. I think the yeah. briefing that I read was that states with less restrictions were like had, didn't have as like the increasing, didn't have, the number of, gosh, I can't speak tonight. They didn't have case rates that were increasing as the same mm-hmm. rate as states with more restrictions. So I need to Correct. look further into why. Yeah, I was trying to happen. find the clip of that that I heard earlier in the news this week, but I couldn't find it to save my life. So mm-hmm. I'll try to see if I can bring it back. I know um, one of the brief things that they did mention is um, some of the um, like similar factors that occur in states with less restrictions are there's generally less testing. So there could be more prevalence of disease, but it's just not awareness to it because people aren't actually going to lab to identify if they actually have the COVID without showing symptoms. So that is a potential factor, but I think when we get better testing done to where, like for example, in Washoe County, we're actually able to look at um, COVID in, in water samples. Like, so when someone flushes their toilet and looking at kind of Washoe County as a whole to see the kind of prevalence of COVID in the area, if we could do that in more states, I think that would give us a better indicator because your urine doesn't really lie. So I, I think that would be <laughs> a good, honest approach to doing that versus- Well, wouldn't it be from the other, the other way though? Isn't that why they were doing the anal swabs? I, I, I think, I mean, maybe that's the case. Um, it, it is ultimately kind of what your excrete is, whether it's urine or feces. Yeah. Um, but it comes down the same pipe. So um, <laughs> I, I think that's a much better approach than, um, you know, kind of hoping people getting tested this is a i think a better approach so we'll, we'll i think we'll get a better idea in the future just not, not yet no i don't disagree i mean again like we kind of had said a few weeks ago just look at the numbers and see how they kind of play out when i think it would be like middle of march when they had announced that they were doing this kind of stuff and again it's only been a few weeks but just from i'm kind of seeing you know i'm just 
throwing it out there. I don't think we're going to end up in this kind of total utopian big brother type society, at least not like China. At least I don't hope we, that we will, but you just see the attempts and then you see like the whole, uh, wellness stamp thing. Did I send you guys that video where it was like Lady Gaga, Robert De Niro, uh, all kinds of like all these actors just talking about how like there's going to be these seals going around and all these businesses saying that they're complying with like certain standards to be like, you know, this is a safe space to go to. And I'm not people are, to that, but yeah, <laughs> oh, no, if, I mean, well, and again, this just kind of like comes out to my main point, I think kind of goes back to last week too, is it's just like, I think my kind of message and what I really want to bring up and kind of what I'll leave this whole thing on is really just the option or choice to opt in or not to any of this stuff. Like if I see those kind of symbols on a business, I'm not going to go to those businesses because to me, it's just like ridiculous to go that far into that level. I mean, that's just my personal opinion on it, but I think that's one thing we shall take it back to is that we all have choices of whether or not we support or don't support these kind of like systems. And I think that's the most important part is that it's not a federal choice that I'm mandated to either go to these places or not go to these places. But again, I have the choice to, well, if this person wants to operate their business this way, I won't do business with them. Kind of, again, if Disneyland wants to require a vaccine passport, you know, the Disney Mickey pass that you got your Mickey jab or whatever, I just won't go to Disneyland. That's my choice to do that. And I think like where we kind of agree on that. And I think that's if we stay that way, cool. But if we start going again to like a federal mandated thing, you lose travel privileges, you lose whatever it is. That's where I start to fear us then going into like another system. So, mm-hmm. or just, you know, whatever the snowball of then like tying in like a money paying system, tying in like even just sharing your medical documents like that. Like, I just feel like where's the HIPAA on that. And again, if it's voluntary, then I think you just kind of throw away all those kind of protections and rights. But then your medical data is just being transferred between companies just like Facebook does. And I don't know, and go down a rabbit hole with it, but we already did. Yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> you guys just kept let me keep talking. So I was like, just keep going with my thoughts. But again, it's just like, that's, I just love that one line. It's like, click okay to continue me personally. I'm not going to click okay to continue. But I also was thinking about if they do these vaccine passports, what if I get a clamshell? Like, what if I get an old school razor flip phone? Like, how how am I going to show my QR code to say that I've been, like, safe, you know? I mean, you could probably print it out as well. I'm not sure exactly. I don't know. If, I don't think Nevada's developed a program yet or not. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, and I won't even get into that, but you guys heard about IBM was You're the one getting who into developed. it right now. What are you doing? I know, I know, because <laughs> I want to. I'm just going to tease it for next week. But you heard about how IBM developed the passport program for New York, right? I think I saw a message you sent with that. I don't think yeah. I looked into it. Do you, know you sent us too much stuff. I know. It's because I, I just have so much good stuff. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> my whole thing is just IBM. They developed the whole tracking system for the Jews and the Holocaust, and they helped Germany with the times of the trains and the tracking of the people and basically orchestrating the genocide. I'm just saying. So IBM are anti-Semites. That's what you're saying. Well, I think more so IBM is just, you know, they're in with the world communist cabal trying to take over all of us. No, communists, not Nazis. And Hitler's still alive. No, he's dead. He might be in Argentina. We don't really know. But I love you. Let's go to the next topic. I'm just saying, bro. Look at the history, man. But yeah, so anyways, that's my stuff. Um... I don't think sorry I, I don't mean, i'm not trying to silence no, you're you. good no i mean it's, it's good if i <laughs> it's good if i come with stuff to back it and i just uh, don't just you know spout off this stuff to you i like to come with hard facts so don't worry COVID's not going away i'm gonna keep bringing y'all the truth 
so I, I think this is a perfect transition when you were saying that you would come back with kind of evidence and proof, kind of validating kind of the points you're making. And so the point I want to talk about very briefly, I think this is just a, a quick discussion, I would say more so. Hopefully, maybe it's a long discussion. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to figure it out. Uh, but my topic is the common ground. So whenever um, we do any kind of research, whenever we're trying to find like when we worked on the COVID dashboard and just analyzing COVID data, one thing, one of the first questions we always ask is, do we have good data? Like in, in statistics, the common phrase is GIGO, which is garbage in, garbage out. So if you have poor quality data, you get poor quality results. But when with with COVID, especially over this past year, and I think in most cases, public health issues, I, in my opinion, shouldn't be a political topic. It, we should have a, a public health approach to it, solve the issue, and then move forward. We shouldn't really divide like, people based off of their opinions on kind of people's lives at stake. With that being said, um, I think there is a lot of issues in terms of what the common ground is of what we define as evidence. And so when I go into look to see how Nevada or the U.S. is doing, one of the trusted sources I go to is the CDC, the World Health Organization, and the individual state agencies or the county health departments. Just because I've worked in those areas, I know how the data is uh, collected. I know the disease, investigation, disease investigators. I know how they get sent to the CDC. I know how they assess it. So I trust them as quality sources. And so my, the reason I bring this up is if we have a common ground of where we define as this is a location or this is a type of data that we all agree is valid, then we could make conclusions and have arguments based off of that and come to like an agreement and say like this is a concrete solution because we agree that this is valid data, we assess it unbiasedly and that's how we make a conclusion. So I just wanted to see your guys' thoughts on what you define as uh, a good quality resource where you can analyze data and make concrete solutions from. And if we don't have an agreement on what that is, um, that's something we should look I think, further into. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. T-Bone, where, where, what's reliable data and, and sources to you? I'm so glad you brought this up because it leads me into a teaser for next week as well, too. <laughs> but I have a great report on the, the WHO report that came out, uh, the World Health Organization report that came out after their search into Wuhan and the origins of the virus. And it's very interesting just the way that that report came out and how basically the research was done by the CCP and not by the actual WHO investigators and the CCP had say or control over who the investigators were that showed up both the world health organizations and who those world health organizations investigators were but before the report came out china china had final say at least excuse me the ccp had final say on whatever the report findings were and basically the report findings were just very ambiguous as far as it could have been from a bat it could have been from this lab very just it didn't really have like an answer which not necessarily was expecting an answer but for me I then don't really necessarily trust this data if it wasn't done by an independent source and the CCP had total control over say over what they saw what they got to research and finally what was the data put out so like that's where I again kind of have questions when we say the who is a valid source well to me not really because they kowtowed to a communist regime so okay, the CEC so, I would trust more than I would the WHO. But Okay, so we'll ignore the World Health Organization for the time being. I'm not saying they're not a valid source. Tebow, that was definitely your opinion, so we're just going to put that out there. Hey, but well, okay, but if you kowtow to, to a communist <clears throat> government, are you not a you know, then valid, trustworthy source? Because now you're compromising your we integrity. Will, we will definitely come back to that. But I do agree okay. that I think we, we do need to 
ensure that when we look at how studies are conducted, we need to know who the funding source is because there's a lot of bias mm-hmm. because of that. So I completely agree with that. Mm. Um, so when it comes to the U.S., when we're talking about COVID data in the United States for number of cases, mortality rates, vaccinations, where, what is the location or what do you consider a valid source? Like you said, the CDC or the state department, health departments for each state. So when I was looking at like Texas and Mississippi, I went off of their state. They have, you know, they put up their charts and you just see their cases, you know, over whatever. I think it's pretty much a year now is how long they've been, or at least what they show on the graphs. So like, that's at least where I go looking at this on top of like, okay, I'll go to a news source and let's say we got it from this health website. So then go to the health website and look at it myself. Cause at least for me, and I kind of, I think I've said this to you guys as, you know, and I'll say it again on the pod, but like one of my favorite, or at least one saying that just really stuck with me is I listen to everything, look at it all, research it all. And then I kind of find the truth for myself. So that's kind of the way I go about it. But I know a lot of people just also just look at the headlines that don't necessarily look where the actual data is at. So, right. But I mean, like you said, I think it does come from valid sources, but then when organizations pull it together into like a website article, it's not necessarily as like, you don't feel like you could trust it necessarily as when it's like a CDC official report coming out as like, like a white paper almost. So it's like, I guess the mixing of journalism and like, I guess scholarly research. Does that kind of make sense what I'm saying? Like when I present like an article, yeah. So like if I present like an article with like, you know, taking the information, you know, summarized and you know, concise, like here, here's an article talking about all this stuff, but then they referred all the official sources. I guess my kind of question for you is, are you kind of saying the common ground should be those official sources or that also the journalism is also then also fair game for providing information? So I think when it comes to, from, uh, Z, I feel like I'm going to interrupt you each time. So if you want to take it, I want to So I was just going to say, I, I Z will ask to, no questions. I think when it comes down to a true valid sources, peer reviewed scientific journal articles are always the best approach. Government sources are generally really good as well. Um, but I, I would say when it comes to news organizations, you always have to take it with, I think, and always, it doesn't matter if it's left-leaning, right-leaning, or down the middle, uh, you always have to take it with a grain of salt and always go back to the source. One of the assignments mm-hmm. I have my students do um, every single semester is they, they take a news article from an organization they listen to, they look at where they got their data from, and they assess if there was any bias introduced. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say more often than not, like even the ones that I listen to, like, there is generally some form of bias that is included. Um, but in some cases, it is pretty accurate as well. So I think it's a great, great place to start. But I think like, kind of what you said, you should take a holistic approach, look at it from multiple sources, go to the original um, data source and kind of assess it that way. But as long as you, we have an agreement on, like, for example, the CDC is an accurate source that we trust the data they produce, then we can kind of continue some of these arguments. Because if we don't have that agreement, then I think it's really hard to, to actually come to any conclusions. Yeah, yeah, no, I. <clears throat> Sorry, go for it. No, 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 I. Thank you, Prof. K. No, I, I 100% agree with with both of you. I think um, you both touched on it, but it, it goes back to the point that uh, Prof. K started with is, you know, if if you're getting garbage data, the information you're uh, sharing is garbage information, and I think that's exactly what like T Bone was saying as it relates to the um, World Health Organization, like the. I 100% have not looked into it, but like if it is what he's saying, um, I would agree with you that um, we should be concerned if it's purely from China. But as it relates to, um, you know, finding and interpreting information, I I think it is important to 
to have a sense of skepticism like T-Bone does on the information that's being presented. You know, one of the things I, I think back to is, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Kara Swisher. She's a, a tech journalist for the New York Times. She talked about this uh, point where she was attending like a Facebook event, um, how they were highlighting Facebook Live, right? They're like, look how cool this is. Everyone's going to be able to stream their own content immediately available to billions of people all at once. And she just raised her hand. She's like, are you guys not concerned with some of the the ripple effects? And they were like, no, this is great. This is all good. This is going to be great. People are connected. What did we then start to see without having that discussion and that thorough debate? We saw a tool that was intended to be beneficial and useful to all people um, be used to uh, highlight mass atrocities, whether it's um, the, the shooting in New Zealand, um, missing information like i think there is always an intent of you know what information what data are we getting what are we trying to understand from this data and what are they trying to convey like i the other aspect i, I struggle with is when we're talking about covid i agree that you know some states are showing good signs but i also am concerned by who is sharing this information you know I know T-Bone's referencing Texas and, and Mississippi, but we're seeing new uh, reporting that, you know, some of the information from Florida has, has been misrepresented and along with New York. So I, I think just and like what, yeah, my intent was to say that all of these states have a political interest, right? You know, Cuomo, Whitmer, Abbott, uh, DeSantis, they all have an incentive to protect themselves from the political consequences of their inaction or failures, whatever we define that as. And I think we've got to be mindful of that information and how and who is providing it to us. So, I, yep, we all need to be able to know how to read and interpret information that we're given and then be able to fact check it. But, you know, I just want to say, uh, I do just want to say, like, whenever I go to Breitbart, it's trusted, valuable. I don't even need to go beyond it. I just see it. It's there. Yeah, it's like listening to NPR. It's just facts, news. They give you Why would you go there? paid for by the CCP. It's all approved. T-Bone, NBA, gold. T-Bone, I think you're misled. NPR is a biased news source we cannot trust them yeah no it's Only total propaganda yeah well, maybe no, OAN. i don't know i don't yet. trust i don't trust them either too i don't like i said you got to listen to all of them man that's also why people listen to us you know challenge your thought just think for yourself i don't know i mean for me riding my bike around all weekend did it feel like those people dying in covid were hitting a fourth wave no i felt like we're going into spring things are opening up covid's over we're kind of I mean, living our lives again people that are dying from covid aren't walking on the street they're usually this in is a true. hospital yes so. well and I, and I do just want to say, like, last April, I thought COVID was a hoax. I was like, this is stupid. I, I traveled outside of Montana. I went to Denver, wasn't wearing a mask, th- thought it was overdrawn. I was like, this is the flu. It wasn't. I was wrong. Like, just like Prof K said, like, what we're seeing doesn't mean, just because we're seeing one side doesn't mean we're necessarily understanding the whole picture. Believe your eyes, but sometimes question your eyes. Question everything and, you know, just learn for yourselves. Uh, Don't listen to Big Daddy government. 
only listen to Big Daddy Z. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Segway, segwaying on to the next topic. I think I had a, a item I wanted to talk about. Our our favorite former Speaker of the House turned uh, marijuana lobbyist, John Boehner. Uh, I think there's a quick CNN clip that highlights uh, his uh, new book that he's releasing. Let's go ahead and play that. John Boehner's upcoming book, book published in Politico, in which he really addresses how this problem in the Republican Party predates President Trump. And I want to read you just one expert that gets to the heart of the power of the buffoon wing. He says, these guys wanted a thousand percent, hundred percent every time. In fact, I don't think that would satisfy them because they don't really want legislative victories. They wanted wedge issues and conspiracies and crusades. A lot of them just wanted to blow up Washington. That's why they thought they were elected. Obviously, that's a huge mm -hmm. condemnation from a former Speaker of the House to the base of his political party that has led to people like Matt Gates. What's your take? And Tebow, we can stop there. I feel like we can sort of talk right. about it. He is so I just wanted to say, this is what really, really what I said in the segment I titled it is, fuck you, John. Um, because, you know, what, a, what would have been great is as Speaker of the House, him saying this is ridiculous and condemning some of the craziness that was being said on the right. Um, and instead of allowing it because he knew it was more beneficial for him and the corporate uh, wing of the the Republican Party to maintain power. They, they knew by allowing these crazy people like Matt Gates. I'm speaking solely on my subjective opinion. T-Bone, I know you'll have thoughts. Um, Matt Gates and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, like these people have been able to flourish because these folks like John Boehner, Paul Ryan, you know, quite frankly, Mitt Romney until recently, allowed for these people to have a voice in the Republican Party without condemning it. I think this goes to exactly what we said is we also need, we need data and information. We can't just spout out what we believe without true evidence. And I think the fact that he's now releasing a book years after his speakership, after the Trump presidency, when we would have rather probably been more helpful to hear this information before um, is just quite hypoc uh, just screams hypocrisy. And I just want to say, hey, John Boehner, fuck you. Um, I hate you. Uh, you're now a, a marijuana lobbyist, so I support you on that. But you're a cuck. Thoughts? <laughs> Sorry. I was just, I was super triggered when I saw this. I was like, this fucking asshole just wanted a fucking royalty check. Like, all these journalists are going to read his book and talk about it. I'm like, we all know this. Some people on the Republicans, some in the Democratic Party are crazy. And people that had power, authority to call them out and challenge them didn't because they thought it was going to be beneficial to them. Can I just say something, Z? Go for it. Hell yeah, yeah. bitch! Yeah! <laughs> no i'm totally with it i mean some of what you said but most of it yeah fuck all these guys all of the old you know democrats and old republicans the rhinos the people it's like did you guys watch that charlie barker right is that his name the basketball player oh, I sent you guys oh charles clip barkley up? charles barkley yes sorry thank you um i sent you a clip of him just kind of like talking about just like 
there's more so about like racial divides and issues in this country and it's kind of more so saying there's good people all around and it's really the like the pulp the politicians the you know the elites the people who want to keep the control and the power and the divisions company to be able to push whatever policies because then they have that other side to be the enemy right like it's all about more so instead of finding compromises it's more so about having the boogeyman so then they can push forward their like policies so I don't know at least that's my personal opinion on it like I completely agree with you like cool you're writing a book now but you could have like talked about all this stuff and like even more so now you're a marijuana lobbyist but then the Biden administration like fired a bunch of people for having passed marijuana hey I totally disagree with that I I was going to say, easily Biden could just remove marijuana from the Schedule yep. One drug. Like, he has that yep. ability. Same thing with, like, and Harris is out there talking about how she's used it. And it's like, yep. again, like you said, the hypocrisy is just on full display. And it's just, again, it's these leaders, it's these, like, top people, even AOC. This might not be kind of related to what you're talking about, mouth. but slap there, was a, there was an article that showed that she was the least productive member of Congress. Like, she didn't get anything passed and change anything. All she did was just a Twitter queen. Like, she was the. Democrat yeah. version of Trump. If anything, Trump was more effective because he actually got stuff done. I know. I'm sorry. That just triggered you. But I mean, I'm just saying that, that article came out. That was a non-biased article I, that came out since she was the most useless member of Congress. There's an article. It's proof. Google it. It's real. She's the use, most useless member. Useless I'm not saying member. That she has accomplished a lot, but yeah. don't you dare. Well, and even her video also responding to why like people calling around as to why she didn't go to the border. I was like, girl, you need to calm down. It's because of racism, yeah. but it's fine. Anyways, I feel like I kind of derailed your topic there, but I agree with you. I've just some over all these BS politicians. Like I'm caring more so now about who I vote for. I'm not voting for just who's there in the status quo and who's like who's been there, right? Like just because it's a Republican person or a Democrat person, like screw both of them. Like find out what these people are really about. And Z, I was just kind of curious. Did you kind of hear or see anything from any kind of Republicans for? kind of how they pers- like how they took this or was this mainly from like Democrats on kind of um, John Boehner's book and everything like that um, so there's a mix there was a former Republican congressman who is an ally of Boehner who said the same thing like he was like yep we all said this behind, behind closed doors and everything along those lines I think that's the problem is like you know and we, we've heard some of these talking points you know they they made the joke about you know the Republican congressman that they were convinced was a Russian asset and made the joke about Trump all of these things behind closed doors that we got little uh like little bits of it but we never got full detail and you know one of the things that sticks out to me especially with john boehner is just like what are we talking about right now we're talking about immigration during the obama administration when boehner was speaker harid was uh head of the uh, the majority leader they had a um, bipartisan um immigration uh bill in the senate that was brought to the house and Boehner refused to bring it to the floor for a vote because one, he knew it would pass. And two, cause he was afraid of the uber conservative right wing of the party. So mm. I don't know. I just think these guys are fucking lame asses and just need to just go into retirement, go to Florida and just never speak again. <laughs> hey, you know, it'd be an awesome thing. Term limits. Damn right, baby. Ted Cruz and I can agree to that term limits and we can also even if you want to we can even do referendums so that like if you want to decide policy as a population we can all vote 100%. for it and just let it go to a thing 100 percent. yeah we just got to make sure nope. that you know we have ids to validate the voters as if you want a passport to validate my vaccination more people more people with the more ability to vote is is always a good thing yeah all right 
I think uh, the back room is telling us we have a mystery caller. Um, uh, let's see. It seems like the manager's pretty mad. We'll right do it there. live. Yep. Uh, all right. Do it live. I think we're. Yep. We got the callers coming in hot. Hello, caller number 13. You're live on uh, Real Talk with the boys. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. We love it. We love it. You want to tell us your name, caller, and where you're calling from? I'm Elazar, and I'm calling from Reno, Nevada, the BLC. Awesome. Oh, BLC, we baby. <laughs> we love it. Well, we're really glad to have you on finally. I know you've been, uh, you've been calling every single week, so we're glad to hear your voice finally. Uh, finally. Um, finally. So I know you probably already know what's uh, what, what's what we do with the this segment, but just for our listeners who may be brand new, just because we are reaching brand new heights every single week, um, the point of this we're going to play a mystery sound for you, a sound that is, as you probably guess, a mystery to you, um, but we know the answer. Um, you will have, I believe, three guesses um, with two hints, and you can use that in any order you want. So you can do all three guesses and then ask for the hints. It's not too useful, or you can scatter it in between. It's up to you. Um, and if you get it right, you will get the ability to, uh, we'll donate to a charity of your choice. And unfortunately, if you get it wrong, we'll also donate to the charity of your choice, but we, um, will judge you slightly. So that is kind of the, the downside. So hopefully that makes sense. Do you have any questions? <laughs> nope. All right. Good luck. Did you hear it? Yes. Do you feel comfortable making a guess or would you like a hint? Uh, I'll take a guess. All right. Is it tying up a balloon? Tying up Ooh. a balloon. That's a very interesting guess. It is not correct, but I do like where you're going with that. Um, do you want to hear it again? Would you like to take a guess, or would you like to get a hit? Uh, I'll take a hit. Z is uh, our, our hint master, so we'll pass it on to him. Elzar, I do just want to say uh, thank you for being a, an avid listener and a longtime listener. Um, so I would say first and foremost, the hint would be, you know, depending on the age of this, you might hear it more frequent than others. Okay. Would you like to hear, hear it again, again? again? We can hear it again. Is it a uh, the outside of a door, not the door itself, but like a screen door. Ooh, that is a perfect you answer. Win. <laughs> Nailed it. Let's just, uh, Elza, before uh, before we ask you, uh, before we ask you who you want to have this donated to, was it when you heard the slam? What what really sold it for you? <laughs> it. Uh, my dad yells at me every oh! time. 
uh, it sounds similar to it. <laughs> nice, nice. Alzar, it sounds like you would you would be like a junior. Is your dad like a senior? Do you guys have the same name? Yes, and my son uh, is junior. So he's uh, JJ. Yes, well, Junior and JJ, love it. James, you want to tell him what he's won? You have won the opportunity to choose a charity that we will then donate to. Um, do you have a charity uh, of your interest? Anything with veterans. Anything that's got to do with veterans. Mm. Yes, I love that. All right, you got it. Perfect. We will do our research. We'll find a reputable, incredible source that uh, donates to veterans. And we'll be sure to make this week's contribution of $20 to um, that uh, organization. Be sure to keep an eye out on our social media because we'll have a post and, and you'll be able to see which organization we chose. And be sure to hit comment, like, and subscribe. Maybe I'll talk about YouTube. All of it. Smash that subscribe button, baby. <laughs> and then I would say pass Tell some the- friends. Yeah, pass the pot to your friends. You know, you have a small snippet in it. You know, this may go viral. So, you know, just, just watch out. <laughs> this could be your big break. <laughs> Thank you for everything you do, guys. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you, caller. Uh, God, who doesn't love the Real Talk community? Let's just be real. I love the Real Talk community. It just feels like a family. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, it's just like, just like it's, mm, it's home. I just want to say I heard the slamming and I was like son of a bitch <laughs> I think yeah giving it the full listen those two times around with the solid door slamming sound yeah I kind of yeah. got away but... fuck you T-Bone hey, man, you're the one you give me the clips I'm I'm just a disc jockey bro I just play the tapes uh... but uh so uh I had this awesome kind of thing hit my table from uh, Gordo in the back office. They just kind of gave it to me. So I'm just going to, you know. We'll do it live! Oh, man. Yep. She just wants me to do it. So I'm just going to do it on behalf of Gordo. Just for fun, I thought, why not all have a laugh with our VP? You guys ready to do this? I'm all about hanging out with my girl. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're considered the most liberal United States senator. I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But yeah, well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. Let's talk about that. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> Trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> be important if you said the truth joe biden has said twice in the debate last week you landed haymakers on joe biden how do you go from being such a passionate opponent it was a debate <laughs> ron gold has said that he is for the legalization of marijuana recreationally your thoughts on that that he is entitled to his opinion <laughs> so if it was legalized all throughout the country and <laughs> medicinal would you you know do it listen i think that it gives a lot of people joy and we need more (laughs) joy so i just got us a little clip for later if you guys ever need to laugh or want to cackle I got this lock up safer, you know, whatever you want to call it out. That was a that was a Gordo special, so you know, I got that. I just didn't want to didn't want that to go by the wayside. We put a little work and effort into produce producing. As a fellow cackler, I'm triggered. <laughs> this video. If at one point in my life someone makes a video of me cackling and tries to discredit me, aka Gordo, I'm coming for him. <laughs> 
I think you just put a challenge out for someone to make a special of all the cackling oh. from our podcast. You know, for the love of God, don't ever do it. These <laughs> best laughs challenge because there's so many instances of it. Oh, it'd be so great for someone to go through, uh, listen, and cut it out. Uh, I love it. Uh, so what, what are your, yeah. did, did you have a comment about that? Thoughts? You I love mean, Kamala me, just as I do. I agree. I mean, I just think that it's, it's just a tell is what I believe. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it's just kind of like a tell of like more so when she's uncomfortable or asked a question she wasn't prepared for. It's like, you know, it's just like a, a nervous tick almost kind of, you know, it's just like a way to you. And I wouldn't say that like, you know, when I deal with like very awkward or serious situations, sometimes I have a problem of like smiling or just not knowing how to necessarily deal with it. So I sympathize, but you know, I don't know, you're VP of the United States. So when you're asked serious questions and you just laugh it off or like, I think once she got in trouble for recently, it was like a bunch of parents. It was like a parents teacher conference thing. And she was talking about the last year with COVID and what parents have had to go through. And she just laughed at it. A bunch of parents got mad at it. Cause they're like, well, me having to become a teacher for my kid isn't really necessarily funny, but whatever. So I think that was kind of the whole point. But again, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Gordo, but I also didn't want Gordo's content to go to waste because I mean, come on, listen to this. And I would say in her defense, I I don't, I think necessarily the laugh is like has any malicious intent behind it. I think it's yeah, like a nervous tick. Yeah, I would say in my perspective, just my opinion, without knowing anything about her her laughter, I I would say it's um, a way to connect with people. It's the same thing like a smile does, except a a laugh kind of brings people in. Um, But I can see how if someone is opposed to her opinions, I think the laugh can very easily be construed as malicious and um, not really connecting with her constituents. Yeah, I just think it's more time and place, but I get what you're saying. It's kind of the same but, thing when people use like softer tones or whatever when you're like, again, just trying to connect with people. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will admit, I'm actually a nervous cackler, so uh, I'm triggered. <laughs> again, you're just very triggered. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have gave you. I should have gave you a trigger warning. On yeah, this. where was the war- where was the trigger warning? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm failing you here. <sighs> Oh man! Alrighty. Well, are you guys ready to um, get into our entertainment segment? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm so ready. And just to get some context, we're gonna go over the Justice League first. So begins the end. Seen a being this strong. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name.
Oh man. Who wants who wants to jump into it first? I don't know. I, I can jump in. Prof no, K, take it. I um so yeah, I, I was like really looking forward to this movie for a really long time. I think when I first heard that like his his vision of the movie was gonna come out. I think they said it sometime in the middle of last year. I think I don't know if it was before COVID or during COVID. Mm. But either way, um, yeah, I, I actually forgot that the release date was, um, I think it was the 18th? Someone, mm-hmm. someone recent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did also hear rumors that it was four hours. I didn't really know until we actually started watching the movie, and then I got even more excited. But um, yeah, I, I would say like, this movie, for the most part, for the most part, like it was spectacular. I, I think compared to the original Justice League that was compressed down to I think two hours or so, uh, this had the breathing room to be really fleshed out. Um, it didn't feel it didn't feel too I didn't I didn't feel necessarily it was too long. Um, mm. But I, I was a little um, discombobulated at first with the four by three ratio. Um, I thought like. I had like black bars on the side, so I thought something was wrong with my TV. And I was like, well, what's going on? So I had to look it up and I realized, oh no, that's kind of his vision for it. And oh man, it was just such a visual treat. Like I think for the video portion, even on a streaming service like HBO Max, it looked spectacular. Like easy mm-hmm. nine out of 10 for that. Uh, I think what they did with Stephen Wolf looked way better than what they have with the original mm-hmm. Justice League. The fact that they had Darkseid in this one actually Facts. Like, even yes. better. Oh mm-hmm. man. So eight out of, nine out of 10 there. Um, the story, because it had room to be fleshed out, also 9 out of 10. One of the things I did wish they did a little bit more was give a better backstory to Darkseid. Um, mm. You know, mm. if you're talking about the equivalent of like Thanos in the Marvel series, I mean, granted, Infinity War is later in the cinematic universe. He had a more fleshed out story, and I think I think he needs that. Because I, I, I think what's really important for a movie like this is you need to be able to connect with the the heroes but also the villains and Stephen Wolf we can better relate to but Darkseid I, I, I couldn't really do that um, from the movie on its own so I docked it a little bit there audio it was it was the score was really good um, uh, they brought so the the composer for this movie was uh, Junkie XL um, and he was actually replaced when um, Joss Whedon directed the film and this is like one of the first times when someone lost their job that got brought back on to finish his score so I did really like it uh, it complemented it so I gave it a 7.5 nothing's too spectacular but it was a really good score one thing that I'm not fully sure if I liked it or not was the amount of slow motion in the film um, I did enjoy it but it was a really good a really large amount of it I didn't realize how much of it at first but some someone post like actually measured it and it was a pretty large portion of the movie <laughs> solid two hours of the movie <laughs> and it, was that just outside of the flash or was that because of the flash is like no speed? that was all You're saying like, in general all characters oh, okay. had it yeah gotcha. so a lot of cyborgs scenes like his backstory scenes had a, so much slow motion in it mm. and it, it was a little distracting but it was still a visual treat so i i yeah i god i loved it and i i i feel like i'm taking over you guys go ahead and i'll, I'll jump in no, no, no. so what's the what's the total <laughs> yeah, calculator what's the, what's the total oh, mine is an 8.6 nice. awesome 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 t-bone do you want to do you want to go uh sure yeah i mean i can jump into it. i mean pretty much nailed all the points um i mean i yeah i thought it was thoroughly a better movie because you got to at least flesh out the story you find out that is more so really geared kind of around cyborg and you just kind of see the whole connection with 
the nightmare future version of like what reality and what's happening and they kind of tease and tied all that in and then also getting that tease at the end and kind of seeing more where the story is going it's kind of a it's very interesting and i it, i support the whole restore the snyder verse let him finish it bring us a dark side movie because that's what the next thing would be right dark side showing up maybe getting some more backstory on him hopefully like it'd be cool to get a green lantern in it the ending thing with martian manhunter was actually supposed to be a green lantern it's supposed to be john stewart oh black green lantern yeah i was super mad because wb made him take it out excuse me they made him take it out because hbo is doing a green lantern series so he changed it to martian manhunter yeah total garbage but either way let him finish capitalism it. am i right exactly God. the cool thing is like stars like the guy who played deathstroke and the guy and uh well the rock is playing back adam they're trying to talk to the wb executives about trying to continue this vision or at least finish it and then do whatever they want to do with the other films because ben affleck is supposed to be in the flash and there's all this other stuff kind of going on so we'll see what happens if it actually comes back or not but they got to bring you know the fans ideally got the snyder cut release so maybe we can get it wrapped up would be cool but for me i just yeah i loved all this different stuff they brought him from the comics like with the flash reversing time and like him being like him having his rules like he's not allowed to go faster than speed of light him not doing these kind of things because he just knows how powerful he is i really liked that instead of a flash having to gain his speed he was like already top tier ready to go so i love that and again it's like uh, i just want to see it all play out i want to see the nightmare future time travel back because the flash time traveled back to bruce and bruce for superman you know like there was that whole scene where he shows up so you just kind of see all this stuff and again with the joker working with batman oh i just want to see all of it because supposedly the joker killed his robin that's what like some of that stuff he was saying to him at the end that's in the comic yeah yeah so like yeah uh god just i want more so much more and then also what's your oh sorry god well, I was to say the last thing is supposedly the Suicide Squad, the first one that came out with the Joker and Harley Quinn, that one has another or has a director's cut too. And supposedly people are trying to get that to come out because the studio made the guy change it or whatever happened when it actually got released in theaters. Mm-hmm. So we could also, again, who knows, maybe the DC will kind of get its stuff together because I just love it so much more. Personally, I'm a DC fanboy more than I am a far, uh, Marvel, but I just want to see it done justice. But for this movie, I would say... I'm gonna go 9-1 I thoroughly enjoyed it again like for me the fact that they put in the whole flash reversing time to save everyone like that's just one of my favorite key points in like the cartoon movies and it's just like such a cool thing that he can do but I'm hoping at least from what I've heard in the flash movie they're gonna see the ramifications of him doing that too far right like so yeah super excited but yeah 9-1 I was very thoroughly happy with it no I totally I totally agree with all of you guys. I think everything has been said. I, I have nothing else to add. I think the one thing I will say is why I like this one more is because it just tied in so much more. Just like Tebow mm-hmm. was saying, like the Flash movie is going to be about the Flashpoint. If we didn't see this, we would not have made sense. It's like, wh- when did he go back in time? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And like now we know and we and, you know, for those of us that have read the comics or have watched some of the, the cartoon movies, we understand some of the consequences and what we should be expecting and looking mm-hmm. forward to. So I'm I'm definitely really excited. Uh, T-Bone and I had talked to, uh, offline and, and he had mentioned the um, ultimate edition of the Justice League, Dawn, Dawn of the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And I had gone and watched that back and I was like, man, either I just really had shit on uh, the DC uh, cinematic universe or 
they are way better now. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm like, let, I, I think Warner Brother has done DC a disservice Fact. in their cinematic universe. Yes, praise be. Because <laughs> you are preaching truth. Everyone's like, everyone's like, Marvel's just so much better. I'm like, maybe, maybe it's just the, the, the executives that just don't know what they're doing. So as it relates to the movie overall, I would say 9.5. Um, I watched Ooh. it twice. They released a grayscale version. They did, I'm yeah. kind of curious about watching that, but I feel I like you're going to lose too. a lot. But yeah, yeah we'll see. Because I feel like you lose a lot of the cool colors and special effects yeah. that they did, especially at the end with that whole dome thing and the fighting with that, oh, which also yeah. was a way better fight scene than in the original movie as well, too. Like, yep. super cool. No, I agree with you. And also, if well, you I haven't watched the cartoon movies, do yourself a, a favor and, like, watch them in the They're right order, learn Max. the story. They're so good. Yeah. Yes, do it. But sorry continue. i will just like i agree with you guys like i i like the story arc of stefan wolf so much more in this version versus the last one like his whole process was redemption and forgiveness mm-hmm. for dark side whereas the last one was like oh he just sucked and he's trying to prove himself again right mm-hmm. or he was just so 9.5 job oh. yeah right. great movie I, I am very curious how, like, if there will be rippling consequences of kind of what they did with this movie. So now that there are streaming platforms um, where you can upload kind of any kind of length of movie that you want versus being restricted in a movie theater, like, I, I could potentially see directors going back and re-editing a film to their original vision, making it longer, and people will just accept it because if they want to watch yeah. it, they'll watch it. And so this might set a new tone, and I'm I'm all for that because there's movies that I've loved, like Lord of the Rings. If there's an extended, extended version, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, is well, there that's... a director's version of Wonder Woman 1984? Just curious. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like... <laughs> a little different different well that's something we talked about too kind of previously outside of the podcast was that like there are so many director's cuts for older movies and previous movies that were more so just released to dvd that i don't like i'm curious now because i've noticed with hbo max that they are putting all the director's cuts of various movies or extended versions available to watch as an option instead so if you go to a movie and you go to the bottom it'll show you if it has an extended cut or a director's cut or not so i've been like kind of taking the time to watch those instead if i want to rewatch a movie because at least it's different or again it's the vision of what the director really wanted and i just kind of feel like dc got screwed because they were trying to compete with marvel during its heyday like you had the marvel pinnacling to you know infinity wars and endgame and at that time you're trying to be like oh look we're trying to start the justice league it's cool i promise and you're like no i want to see thanos and the infinity stones so i just feel like it was like, know, again like, like the, the marvel execs but... oh yeah the no, cartoon think, wants yeah. the same thing in the same amount of time and they're still good i'm just like yeah well i think it's like you're saying the execs care more about the motion picture box office release mm-hmm. stuff where they don't care about the cartoon because it's just going to the streaming services so i think God really the execs cat. just need to get themselves out of it i, I do think that let the nerds take over I'm like briefly hoping that like I'm you know like what T1 said I'm full support of like restore the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm. I think there I have a brief hope for this and I think there's a lot of people who are really pushing for this. The fans did it for the first time, potentially do it again if they can really see the justification of like they can see a huge revenue for this. Like if the second and third Justice League came out in theaters, just like in Infinity War and Endgame, we would see it multiple times and yep. we would enjoy it. So yeah, I'm 
really hoping for this. The only thing I'm a little skeptical of or scared of is kind of uh, WB's plans for this upcoming year of releasing their films on HBO Max. If that's the case, my big concern is that this might make make it where future films have smaller budgets to create their, their overall films. Um, this can lead to if better efficiency and let her, uh, less cooks in the, the kitchen. So I, I think it could potentially be a good thing in the long run, but that is a big concern of mine. Because uh, I think, you know, like Kanal Kutibo said, I'm a pretty big DC fan, at least when I was growing up as a child. Like, you know, we saw like mm-hmm. the Batman, Superman cartoons, mm. Justice League cartoons. And so really seeing this kind of come to fruition was pretty exciting. And so like, everyone was a DC fan until Iron Man 1 came out. This is also Let's true. be very real. Well, because if you think about it, I feel like Marvel comics were kind of a little bit bigger or, you know, older generation kind of a stuff. And then again, like the 90s cartoons were more so they did have Iron Man cartoons, but they weren't as good as like the Batman cartoon. And like they, they had an Iron Man. One. Yeah, because he was tied in with Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, because yeah. like he crossed over into that and sometimes they had an Iron Man. But I just don't feel like they gave it the same justice as they huh. did DC. Because like you said, they also had Justice League, these long running cartoons and stuff. But yeah, I think with the phenomenal. streaming... Oh yeah, no, those are great, and those are also on HBO Max. Yeah, you yeah. can go back and so watch them. That's why, like, the fact that the Marsh Manhunter was in the end of this one, I was yes. like, oh, full wow. support of that. Like, he's I another was, character. Like, I want both of them to get the justice because I feel like Marsh Manhunter has such a dope story that he's not given any background on, and like, oh, he's such a cool character. My fear with his, with his backstory though is there's so much to it that it might actually take away from the this like the DC's extended universe. We'll so kind of do I, it like they did Aquaman and Wonder Woman, just a one-off movie that's more so about his origin that doesn't necessarily have to do with Snyder's like it was just current such a huge story part line, of but, like the cartoon like it was almost yeah. the focal point for a large portion of that I'm, yeah. I'm scared I'm, I'm, I'm all for it if they want to make 20 movies I'm not going to stop yeah right <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> well, that's what I'm kind of curious to see what happens is like, because this might be a perfect segue for us, but Kong had a great box office showing this weekend. Like this past weekend, or now currently, at least from some of the reports I was reading, is that like they actually had a decent showing in the box office as well as like streaming online. So I'll be nice. curious to see like if it's a dual kind of a thing, or again, they let Snyder finish and it only goes to HBO Max, but then they allow these other movies that they're doing on their own to then be in theaters. Like you're saying, I think it opens up more avenues. And I the whole thing and this is what at least from i heard from my nerd sources is don't get rid of your hbo max subscriptions keep them for a little longer show hbo that we're serious about this that's what i've been doing yeah no straight up they're like just if you're at home just turn it on and let it run even if you're not watching it because it shows it counts as views you got to get that counter up you know so gotta fake that data yeah exactly you get it and i'm gonna play the gray one and if i don't like it i'll just let it finish and just go to the other room and do something else (laughs) so like we talked about earlier common ground baby common ground should we go ahead and jump into godzilla versus kong let's go do we all we all give our numbers right we did okay right right. now it's it's tied with ryan the last dragon oh i had a a feeling i had a feeling because i was like it's so good all right let's jump into this This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. 
she had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. Loved it. I would. T-Bone, do you want to start us off? Yes, please. Oh my god. I watched it twice in the matter of this last week. Loved it all. I like now that I watch movies, I follow the patent system, patent pending system of Prof K here. <laughs> and I was like, just the way they showed Godzilla, different angles, like him, you know, swimming straight on, or just him like destroying this stuff, his tail coming out of the water, whacking some jets, like all of it. I was like, visuals amazing. Uh, the sound, I loved it. I mean, even those monsters screaming at each other and stuff, like fully listening to it in a real legit sound system, I was like, it was trembling story loved it you could just jump in doesn't matter if you've seen any of the other ones just monsters kicking monster ass my favorite part though the whole thing was the podcaster the conspiracy theorist <laughs> guy spoke to my soul our boy bernie our boy yeah bernie. i love that guy i was like oh my god yes everything they talked about i was like yes this is real this is real yes not real but these are, these are conspiracy the theories movie? Huh? Had you watched the movie before I texted you that you're that you're Bernie, or did I, you watch it after I said this? I sent the text. I think. I mean, I watched it the night it came out, so I think I watched it before that text. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah. you got it the moment. But you I know, it, I like, totally right. got it. But like for me, when he was just like, even again, like also the girl too, the the girl. I think her name was Madison, who was in the previous Godzilla's movies. Mm-hmm. Her buying into it, I was like, yes. Like when he was like, tap or no tap. I immediately knew what they were talking about and I was like, yeah, but she's like, no tap. I was like, yes, that's how I'm going to find the one. I'm like, every girl I go on a date with now and be like, tap or no tap. One, if they get it, I'll know they'll watch this movie too. If they really know what it's about, I'll know that they know what's up. And they so anyways, should get tap. There's nothing wrong with tap water. Just making that clear. Fluoridation water is healthy and good for your teeth. But continue. It, it, <laughs> makes, you, it makes you docile because that's what the Nazis did. And we just all As I'm this. drinking my water. Hey, is, I hope it's filtered because if not, you might just become more docile. And maybe that's why you guys love the government so much. I don't know. But anyways, the tunnels underground, the hollow earth, like the whole thing when like, the, again, the conspiracy podcast guy was like, I know they're up to something. And then they were like sub-level 33. And I was like, I see your symbolism. I see you guys throwing out this stuff here. Because 33 is like a secret code number for conspiracy theory stuff. So I was like, again, I was just in love with all of it. It was great. The secret tunnels of them saying there's a whole like underground civilization built for the elite. So if the world goes to crap, they can just go down there. Facts. I mean, at least according to me and my conspiracy theory information sources. But anyways, save that for conspiracy corner. I loved it. 9.6. I think that's where I was at with it before I was talking with you guys. I'd really thought about it. I was like, ah, watch it twice. Like I said, in a matter of a week, I loved it. So Z, what do you think? (laughs) 
So I, I enjoyed it. That was a lot. (laughs) No, no. I loved every second of it. So T-Bone, I agree with you. It's an enjoyable watch, but where I'll disagree with you is I didn't find it necessarily um, that entertain. Well, I was not that engaged, right? Like, again, I think I've talked about it before. Like I'm pretty dumb when it comes to making predictions in movies. And the moment I saw mega guard Godzilla, I was like, Oh, so they're going to have to fight him and they're going to come together. Got it. Moving on. Uh, literally the moment I saw that, I was like, Oh, I know how this is ending. And then when it ended, I was like, um, but, but aside from that, I thought the, the movie quality and everything was good. I, I love the fact that they said, fuck reality. We're going to build the hyperloop. There is a, there is a, an inner earth, a hollow earth. Like all of it was just like, fuck reality. We're just going in. Um, the, the other thoughts I had was like the guy, the CEO of Apex is Elon Musk. So we should all stop trusting Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. So I just want everyone to know this. Um, Elon Musk is bad. Watch Godzilla versus Kong and you'll get it. I am just saying he came up with the hyperloops, right? Uh, he could have a whole underground thing we don't even know about built for the government. Exactly. That's how they move their space rockets. I mean, exactly. And he's an egomaniac, and we should be scared. But what <laughs> else I was saying was um, the part where Kong uh, kills the um, one of the monsters in the Hollow Earth, and he drinks their blood. Oh, I was the like, brains. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know about that. Like, I was like, I feel like that's the. I feel like that could be a conspiracy on how AIDS was started. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I just when he did that and he does it to Mega Godzilla, I was like, "Is he gonna drink the oil? Like, is he gonna die from?" No. <laughs> um, also, I felt like Godzilla could have killed him early on, so I don't know. I don't, all in all, good movie, good summer uh, box office. If this was a normal non end of the world kind of year, um, everyone would have loved it. They would have everyone would have enjoyed it i'll probably watch it more times but um all in all i'd say 7.7 7.7 um yeah so we saw this yesterday yeah yesterday uh we we hadn't seen the original godzilla uh not the original one the uh 2019 one i think king of king of monsters i Mm -hmm. mean the the title um so we saw that right before this just so we can kind of be up to date with it um with that being said, we didn't really have to watch it. There wasn't too many connections to it, but I think it was useful. I will say, like, for visuals, this was, like, such a visual treat um, mm. compared to even King of Monsters. That was made two years ago. Mm-hmm. It was really good detail. Um, this had Dolby Vision, so the, the highlights were really nice. I will say, like, I, I, I will reiterate this over and over again. The visuals just were, were like, spectacular. I know there's, like, a pretty big abundance of movies that are coming out now that do the contrast with, like, red and blue. This one did, like, red and, I think, cyan, maybe. And that, that worked really well. And I, I really enjoyed that. So, for, for visuals, easy, a 9 out of 10. Um, for audio, um, kind of what T-Bone was saying, I, I did think that the audio complemented the movie relatively well. There were some parts where the, the audio just kind of cut out slightly, um, and we replayed portions of it just to see if that was the case. It did for a few portions. It was it just wasn't a full transition, but overall, I did enjoy the audio, so it gave that a seven out of ten. Uh, kind of what Z was saying with the story, um, I would say 
and I was trying to think of this as I was when we're finishing up the movie. The best comparison I could do is it had very um, oh gosh, what movie was it? Pacific Rim vibes to it, mm. where you have the kaiju, and I was like, afterwards, like, are they in the monster verse too, or is it separate? And I still, I still don't know the answer to that. They maybe, maybe I don't know. But um, so you, you know, you have you have a core group of people versus you know some some evil being but i think the, the the trouble with any kind of monster movie is you know movies that usually are successful are based off of where like we can relate to kind of what we said about justice league the the, the characters and so for the humans in it we could easily relate to it. like right when i saw the podcast i was like that is so tony and like we <laughs> we like said it multiple times like like that's definitely tony. <laughs> i think we're making bets like you know, when we're doing the podcast, like, who will say that that was Tony? And we're like, everyone's going to say that. And everyone did. <laughs> I'll um, own it. I'll, I'll take the, I'll wear that badge with honor. No tap for me, baby. And, and so that I connected with really well. And I thought it was pretty funny. But like then, but for Godzilla and King Kong, I did have a harder time actually connecting with kind of what they were struggling with and their storyline. So I did. I was taken away from that a little bit. But also then like when you're watching a movie, you want to analyze it a little bit. And so we then go to Hollow Earth and when King Kong enters like the main throne area, when I see a double door opening, I'm like, I don't know if like a, a mo- like <laughs> King Kong's family would build a door and let alone a double door. So with hinges that are sliding, like, I don't know if I buy that. So with that being said, like, you know, that's what I, got you. Not the whole earth and the gravity. Yeah, not flipping even the earth thing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> this is the monkeys building. Double yeah, that's doors. realistic. T-Bone. That's real. I yeah. don't know why, but it really was the doors like that. That's when I was awesome. watching, I was like, I don't buy that. Like everything I was like, I got kind of get, you know, science fiction. I was like, monkeys building the doors i don't think so um so but i I did really enjoy it so the story did give a 4.5 out of 10 so in total it came out to uh, a 6.3 but very enjoyable film i say if if it's a movie where you can kind of sit back relax get some popcorn and just enjoy a a film Mm. in the background um so yeah it was fun if we oh go ahead keep on you no you first no you said real you were gonna say real talk so go well let's say real question but Uh, who won Kong or Godzilla? There's multiple fights. The same question. I was gonna ask the same question. See, we're just already synced. We're like that three-headed dragon. We don't even communicate via thoughts. Prof K is the one that like controls our distributes the (laughs) The middle dragon. We're just sitting on the outside, trying to be like, no, we want this, no, we want this. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, shut up. We're going this way. Let's be real. King Kong would have been murdered. Like if Godzilla had just finished the job, he would have mm-hmm. been dead. Like he cut mm-hmm. through boats. I don't understand why he couldn't cut through Kong. Well, I mean that so, whole like weapon protected him, but cool. is that what you're talking about? Like, no, like, axe, when like... They... oh, no, like when they're out in they're... the ocean. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then is the old, is the question then in the movie who would have won? But if or if it was those two beings in another situation like let's say they were on land fighting who would win is that the scenario which question are we at I'm trying to so like for me i'm looking at it kind of like a boxing match where there was rounds, rounds so the first yeah. round went to godzilla the <laughs> second round i think kind of went to kong but then the third round because they fought again like two times in the city where kong kind of got the upper hand a little mm-hmm. bit but then godzilla came back whooped his butt and then went to go Basically fight the other him. threat yeah, went to go, and then they had to restart his heart and do all that. But I, I'm kind of going a little bit more towards Godzilla, mm. mainly because 
you he has distance like he can shoot a pretty big you know i'm not sure what oh yeah he's cutting buildings uh it's technically nuclear fire nuclear fire and he has that distance against kong i will say kong he did, did use have... it to shoot to the middle of the earth once again that was a little unrealistic as well but i <laughs> I, I let that slide <laughs> well they just needed to speed up the getting back up to earth thing so i i, I kind of bought it but i was like whatever um I, I want to go with Godzilla. Um, I, even though King Kong did have a handicap with the weapon, that was a weapon from his ancestors, so I get why he would use it. Maybe Godzilla could use it if he had long enough arms, but he doesn't. So that's, that's his difference. T-Rex problems. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does have fire breath, though. So, yeah. That is you true. Know. Yeah. Between the two, I would say King Kong is smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you saw him use things like use tools like when Godzilla is about to blast that laser he's like oh fuck this and just jams it in his throat like yeah. that is just like the best thing you're like yeah and he opened a double door without even thinking yeah. about it so well, he, he saw also, the hand and it was a door well he also did sign language which I thought was wild too though mm-hmm. they brought that in I thought that was super cool okay but then I also thought like how did no one else notice he was signing with this little girl when they're in a closed environment right someone would have had to have seen that yeah, all just, great questions <laughs> just but once again I did enjoy it, it. I, I yeah. think I'm being uh, being uh, kind of a pain right now but yeah no I it's really fine get into it I love it so T-Bone what was yours I think uh, Prof K and I both gave it to Godzilla same I mean I think Godzilla I mean at the end of it you see that you know he left because he knew he was top dog and Kong was just kind of mm-hmm. like he sat there stood up and then was like okay I'm so glad he didn't want to fight me again. yeah you know so like I, I just felt like your life. you want to yeah. kill me now when it, like even kind of like kind of going through it all I just felt like Godzilla beating Kong and Kong going back and helping him like some people questioned that and stuff and I'm just like to me Godzilla asserted his dominance multiple times right out in the ocean which was like a given right because you're fighting a water lizard in the water right like you don't have any land so i knew he was going to get his ass kicked but then like as again that they showed right they all pretended to be dead they turned off all the ships and then godzilla was like okay cool i'm the bit you know i'm i'm alpha i'm out of here so i think like i liked that part of it and that i just thought that was cool and then why he was attacking destroying cities was because he knew apex was building this like super awesome beast which also that super beast would have probably killed godzilla but he also had just fought kong if he was a fresh godzilla i don't know who knows so those are the things i thought about yeah so what but. what are we thinking about for next week z uh oh, yeah. so we, we got a uh listener request uh, this is not from dan from nevada i think this is uh from connor in colorado uh connor spelled with a er i believe c-o-n-n-e-r um, and he wants us to watch the College Scandal documentary on Netflix. Uh, it's known as Varsity Blues, the College Scandal on Netflix. Hmm. Operation Varsity Blues on Netflix. I think this will be our first documentary, right? Yeah, and it sort of ties into the fact that we watched uh, Varsity Blues when we did the the boys live. So, you know. (laughs) I'm with it. I'm with it. So next week we'll watch uh, the documentary. Um, I think we'll we'll want to just talk about not only the mo- the documentary itself, but sort of the the what the documentary entails yeah, and what our thoughts are. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm with it. That All sounds right. awesome. Awesome. Sounds good to me. We love it when our listeners participate and you know get involved. Yeah. Would you call it the real talk community? Yeah, it's a, the real talk community. Yeah. 
It's a family, baby. That's what's up. We do it for family. <laughs> it's all about family. Speaking of family, um, <laughs> Godzilla, Hollow Earth. That's some real conspiracy theories. I know that transition was rough, hard, and didn't really make much sense, but I made it happen anyways. Now, we kind of talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it in the pod or not, but did you guys, did you buy, did you know that this was like a real conspiracy theory before the movie, or did you think it was like a plot for the movie? So, Z, you can, you can go first if you'd like. I was just going to say, like, I've seen it in movies and, and, like, superhero stuff. So I've known it's out there, but I didn't think it was like a true conspiracy theory. Mm, okay. I first heard of it in um in this movie but this is mainly based off of kind of like the science we have available to us on kind of center of the earth and kind of the the mass and the, the grab that you would experience down there so super interesting in what you say t-bone awesome well then let's go ahead and let's get into some conspiracy corner Scientists researching the Earth's mantle announce that they have found what they believe to be a vast body of water, three times the volume of all of our oceans combined, contained within a mineral layer 400 miles inside the Earth. The discovery shakes the foundation of what scientists and scholars thought they knew about the ground under our feet. We have just scratched the surface of the earth. Uh, We drilled down like eight miles and we had to stop because it got too hot. Out of uh, 4,000 miles, basically to the core of the earth, we went down eight. That's nothing. We have more than 70 active space programs right now. We can tell you more about the surface of the moon than we can the surface underneath our own oceans. Since we have not actually drilled down far enough to confirm these findings, could it be that we may be wrong about the composition of our own Earth? Some ancient astronaut theorists say yes and suggest that according to our earliest mythologies, an other Earth might not be found in the heavens, but deep within our own planet. One of the most consistent themes that we find in ancient cultures when we travel around the world is the idea that there is another world, another Earth inside of the planet. Within Buddhism, there's stories of a place called Agartha or Agarti, which is an inner world. And it's inhabited too by people and that they are an advanced race and even that they have trains and vehicles that are moving through this inner Earth. Is it possible that an other Earth can be located within the confines of our own planet? Historically, underground realms were not relegated to mere mythology. Well-respected scientists and mathematicians have long speculated about a theory that became known as Hollow Earth. The scientist Edmund Haley is most famous for Haley's Comet. He was also very interested in the Earth, and one of the challenges is, was trying to figure out what was the real structure of the inside of the Earth. He had a fascinating theory of not just a hollow Earth, but an Earth with multiple layers. 
75 years later, 18th century mathematician Leonhard Euler put forth his own hollow earth theory with no concentric shells and a sun at the center spanning 600 miles. Euler was a gifted mathematician. He developed this idea that the planet of Earth is not only hollow, but the poles are actually thinned and there are actually entrances into the inner core at the north and south poles of the Earth. He imagined that there were advanced civilizations living inside the planet. Ideas of an occupied hollow Earth would be revisited nearly two centuries later, in 1947, when famous polar explorer Admiral Richard Byrd flew reconnaissance missions over the North Pole. Bird allegedly reported in his private journal about a mysterious land beyond the North Pole, which he called the center of the great unknown. Admiral Richard Byrd was able to fly to the North Pole and back and recorded flying over lush green areas where none should have been. And then three years later, he flew over the South Pole. It's rumored that when Admiral Byrd's task force actually got to Antarctica, that one of the first things they discovered was an entrance into a hollow earth civilization that was populated by very, very advanced beings. Admiral Byrd made a lot of unusual statements, including talking about what he called a new kind of craft that could fly from pole to pole. And when Byrd got back to the United States, he was brought back to Washington where he was questioned very heavily about his statements. And allegedly, he was told to stop talking about this. Is it possible that entrances to another world can be found at the Earth's poles? And if so, did Admiral Byrd actually pass through one of them? According to some ancient astronaut theorists, such gateways do exist. If we were to discover the other Earth, the place we have sought, the missing world, it would be profoundly humbling. So this would be quite a paradigm shift. History would change in a very major way. So there you go. It's a quick little background on all the information related to Hollow Earth. The Admiral Bird thing I've heard about before, so I thought that was pretty interesting as far as like... There's not too much information on it, but it was an actual military mission that they had sent this pilot and this research team to go to the poles. And then around this time, that's when Antarctica was made, like an international... I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like a land where no one's really kind of claimed or everyone has like pieces of ownership of it. But it's like, you know, it's like an, it's like kind of like international waters, I guess. Right. Right. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think this was definitely a fun little like story and the kind of theory behind kind of, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of curious to see what people like in earlier times saw and perceived what earth would actually be like so right like um, myths and like all these different cultures having this story it's like it's interesting when you kind of find these shared stories that are shared amongst all these different cultures right 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 um you know of course i always want to give my, my counter argument and kind of like <laughs> like to poke holes and maybe hollow out some theories <laughs> pun intended um, <laughs> um you know I, i'd be curious that I can see why they would tell someone like who might be making these claims like to stop making those claims because I discredit all the other things they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if people don't believe it, 
But I'm also curious how or why you know, no one else, especially in our modern times, has ever seen anything like this or has gotten any evidence of it, going back to that common ground conversation that we had. But yeah, I, I definitely love these stories. And I think it's, it's always entertaining to see kind of what people's thoughts were like a long time ago. Well, and how often are people going to the North and South Poles? I know, like, now the North Pole is kind of opening up for trade routes and stuff because of, like, climate change and, you know, the whole, like, shrinking ice caps. But, um... (laughs) The shrinking ice cap is true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, no, I know, because that's why they... That's how they're able to get the ships through there. So, no, I get that, but... It was more so the How we get there, you know, all questions. With the carbon tax and all that. But anyways... I mean, well, like, again, I want to go to Antarctica. So, like, you know, I want to see it for myself. I know it's, like, very hard and a very expensive journey. And I don't know, also don't even know if it's legally allowed. But also, why is it illegal? I don't understand. Explain People do me. visit Antarctica. I'm just looking this up right now. So, obviously, I, yeah. don't, I don't know that much information about it. But I guess... Well, I know it thousands... costs around, like, thirty to $40,000. I wouldn't be surprised. But I, yeah. from here, it looks like tens of thousands of people um, visit Antarctica every year. Yeah. No, they have, like, manned research stations there and stuff. So, like... But, like, to the actual South Pole, like, the center where the hole is, supposedly, to this whole center Earth. Where Santa Claus is. Yeah. Well, no, he's at the North the Pole. North Pole. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> That's what he wants you to think. Well, supposedly, there's an entrance at both ends. So, there's one so, at the ooh. North and one at the South. So, we so could, does that you know, mean Santa's workshop is in the center of the Earth? Ooh. I mean, okay. That's the we, entrance. If you really want to jump into this, he does go around the world in one day giving presents to all the toys, you know, to all the kids. If he does that, he probably doesn't need How advanced technology. He, he needs exactly. advanced technology. He's from an advanced technology race. But, I mean, I would say then if he has to go to different places using that as a as an entrance point, you know, we all went through algebra and geometry, right? So do we, if we take the diameter, it's pi r squared for the, or no, yeah. No, that's the area. Two, two pi r for the circumference. So it may not make sense for him to actually go to the, the north and south poles if those are the only entryways, unless there's other so I'm saying. They have Bermuda all these tunnels. Triangle, they know? have all this. Yeah, they have all these blades. Or maybe he's just flying around to the inner of the earth. <laughs> so what we're saying is Santa is a titan. We can all agree well, to that. Or an Atlantean where, you know, that lost civilization went to the hollow earth to survive. So one of the two. We can get into that too. I've been like kind of trying to prep some Atlantis stuff for us to get into. So I'm like also hoping that maybe they do an Aquaman 2 thing. And then that kind of brings us a nice way to get. I like to try to bring in these fun conspiracy theories when they relate to other stuff we're kind of talking about. Because then at least it's kind of like, like you guys kind of said, like this is a cool plot story for this movie. But like what I'm listening to, like all these fun stuff in this movie, I was like, these are all crazy conspiracy theories that is just out there that they're incorporating <laughs> and that everyone believes or doesn't believe. I just love it. So we're all like, Oh, this is a cool storyline. You're like, no, this is a fact. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, the tunnels are real. They have these huge machines that dig them. They are planning for it. Like I'm full belief that the government does have underground tra- railroads, but that's just me. Nice. We can get into that one. Sometime <laughs> too, it's a little off thing, but so that's all I got for you guys. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to bring in. We're kind of hitting the the top of the hour here. We got to play out some tracks. You know, we don't want to lose our radio license. So I think that was perfect. Uh, I think you can take us out. Awesome. Then I'm going to play us out with some sweet jams. Thank you for tuning in today to Real Talk. We thank our listener for calling in. We love the support for our veterans. So I'm super excited to, you know, do some research and find a great cause for us to, you know, do some support too. 
Hell yeah. Edu- educate yourself. Like, I think that was a good theme of this episode was to do the research, make your own conclusions, and be responsible for yourself. Valid scientific sources to back up claims. As long as they're Common not sponsored ground, by baby. the CCP. Yes. Look who your sponsors are, I guess is my message. Play us out, T-Bone. Play us out. <laughs> In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7, 24-7.